Welcome to Sparking Wholeness, where we talk all things related to nutrition for mind, body, and soul. I'm your host, Erin Carey. I'm a survivor of bipolar disorder and a self-proclaimed nutrition nerd who loves asking why. As a certified integrative nutrition health coach, my goal is to help people find balance, and I want to help you find ways to spark wholeness in your life. For more information, check out sparkingwholeness.com or on the Instagram handle, Sparking Wholeness. And now, get ready for today's awesome show. Hey, everybody. Um, Before we get started with today's show, which is a good one, I need to explain a few things. First of all, this interview recording with Dr. Alina Oltianu of Whole Child Texas Pediatrics, um, this was actually recorded before I even had a podcast. I was just recording it to put on my blog and to um, share for information to prepare for, you know, cold and flu season and all of that. And then I launched my podcast and I really wanted to um, host this interview on the podcast in order to, you know, give it to a wider audience. And I think it is such a good interview. And it really explains a lot of things about um, integrative medicine, functional medicine, and why it's been so helpful for my family. And it just is also a really good interview to talk about um, treating the root of issues with kids and um, good tips for getting through cold and flu season, things like that. Um, I want to also explain a little bit about why I came to integrative uh, medicine, why I started going to see an integrative pediatrician with, with my children. And that's because about three years ago, a little over three years ago, my third baby, Rhett, was born. It was my best pregnancy, my easiest labor, my best delivery, shortest delivery for me. Um, It was about eight hours, pretty good for me. Um, And the recovery was really great. I felt great. Um, I thought, you know, taking on a third child, this is not going to be a problem at all. Well, I was wrong. At eight weeks old, Rhett was hospitalized. He was admitted to Children's Hospital overnight for RSV. He was not getting enough um, oxygen. He had to be suctioned out frequently and was not breathing well. He needed an oxygen mask. It was a really terrifying situation to see my tiny little eight-week-old baby in a hospital bed um, hooked up to all these machines. With that, he, he recovered, but he developed an ear infection. So at eight weeks old, he received antibiotics. Now, At this time, I had already been on my own gut healing journey. Um, I had already started working on healing my own gut and limiting antibiotic use in myself and and focusing on probiotics and, you know, food that doesn't feed yeast and bacteria and all these things. So I knew I was like, oh, dang, if he gets antibiotics at eight weeks old, like this is going to, you know, set him up for poor gut health later on. Well, it was what I was told to do by our pediatrician at the time. So I did it. Well, from there, he developed thrush. He got a yeast infection from the antibiotics. He got better. And then about a month later, he had another ear infection. So guess what? He got different antibiotics. Then he was given breathing treatments and was put on albuterol. And from there, he had more yeast issues and yeast infections and horrible, horrible diaper rashes, Um, more antibiotics from there. He had reflux. He had spit up. He had projectile vomiting, more ear infections, more antibiotics, more breathing treatments. Um, He was given ibuprofen and Tylenol and more 
antibiotics. So I don't know if you see the picture here, the cycle. Basically, after the eighth round of antibiotics, y'all, he had eight rounds of antibiotics in eight months. At that point, he got ear tubes. And it did seem to lessen the frequency of the ear infections, but it didn't completely heal him. His immune system was under attack. He was struggling and he was still having breathing issues and you know, just different rashes, skin rashes on his body, um, which is also has to do with gut health. Um, I decided it was time to get a second opinion. I had already found an integrative uh, medicine doctor for myself, and she recommended this doctor for him. And it was such a relief to go see her. It was the best decision we could have made. Um, she helped to put a plan into action to heal his immune system. Um, and well, at least start working on his immune system, you know, and we added in bone broth. He was getting bone broth to drink as a one-year-old. <laughs> um, he just took it in a sippy cup. Um, and I would start, you know, I cooked with bone broth too. Um, he started taking probiotics and magnesium. I was adding in more vegetables. I was giving him sauerkraut. Um, we also at that time cut out all products that contain added folic acid. And if you listened to my episode about the MTHFR gene mutation, um, I go into a little bit more about why there, but we really worked on taking out processed foods and genetically modified foods. The biggest one um, that she brought up that I'd never considered before was dairy. We limited dairy and so, you know, she said a lot of times kids with that have a history of ear infections, they benefit from eliminating dairy and um, it lessens the, the mucus and congestion there. I was willing to try anything. She also referred me to an acupuncturist. And so we started going once a month to an acupuncturist for him to help boost his respiratory health and immune system in that way. We also got rid of all non-toxic detergents and cleaning products, which are major triggers for breathing problems. Even, you know, I know you guys, I know we like to have our home smell good, but um, <laughs> those things can be toxic for a child with breathing issues. Um, and essential oils for, in some ways, aren't much better. Uh, I've learned that eucalyptus and peppermint can cause um, really bad issues in kids with respiratory problems. Um, it could cause lung spasms in young children under the age of four if they're exposed to these oils. So um, I'm, you know, I, I'm a fan of all sorts of holistic treatments, but I think we have to use caution and we have to um, be really careful and make sure we know what we're doing. And that was one thing that was helpful. I, I had, I remember putting. Um, these oils on him that contained eucalyptus, I put it on his body and I didn't know that it possibly could have been having the opposite effect. Um, so again, finding somebody who um, knows what they're talking about is really important. Um, so it, it took a lot of time, diligence. It took a lot of learning new things and getting out of my comfort zone. And it wasn't easy, um, but it was really worth it. It has been almost a year since he had his last breathing treatment. Um, he, like I said, he's a little bit over three and his last breathing treatment was December of 2018. So he, you guys, his, his health in general is great. He doesn't even get a runny nose anymore. Um, it's crazy. I, I know that there are so many kids that struggle with, with getting sick a lot and we often don't look at 
what we could do to prevent that. What's at the root of that? What is the diet like? What is, um, what's in the home that's triggering that? What kind of um, chemicals are they exposed to that could be, or mold? Mold is a big one. Um, that wasn't the issue in our case, but I know for a lot of people, mold can cause so many problems. So um, I, I really think seeing somebody new, getting a second opinion was huge for me. I think that um, integrative medicine and, you know, functional medicine, whatever you want to call it, um, it's going to be a growing field. We're going to see it continue to grow because it's an area where doctors are looking at treating the root as opposed to just giving more antibiotics or just giving more uh, breathing treatments or whatever. And I know in some cases that is necessary, definitely. And again, that's where like my, what I do with nutrition, it's integrative nutrition. I am looking at the nutrition that you eat and I'm integrating that with how you are nourishing yourself, body, body, mind, and soul, not just through food. And it's the same thing, I think, when we are talking about kids' health. We want to look at all, everything that is influencing their health. It could be, you know, our stress can negatively impact them. Um, the food that they're eating. And, you know, Rhett, even now, like he still has some digestive disturbances with dairy. He's been able to tolerate, tolerate it a little bit more than he used to. But I think that it's really important to be aware of these things and to go find somebody who's going to look at more than just the symptoms on the outside. Because the symptoms on the outside tell us a story about what's going on in the inside if we're really willing to listen. So with that being said, I want you to take a listen to this interview with Dr. Oltianu, and I want you to hear what she has to say about the, the rising issues that she sees in kids today and how they are not what she expected when she went into medicine, uh, the reasons that she switched over to integrative medicine. And then she's going to give us some really practical tips for getting our kids through the sick season. And um, I'm, I love her tips and I love, um, you know, everything that she shares and I hope that it's helpful for you as well. So um, stay tuned for an awesome interview with Dr. Alina Oltiano. ever wonder if you're the only woman who runs errands in her yoga pants so it will look like she went to the gym? Or how about the only mom who feeds her kids raw cookie dough? Or are you the only one who cooks her family cold cereal for dinner? Do you need more laughter and less loudness? More self-love and less self-loathing? More joy and less judgment? You're not alone. Come to the living room a place where we get comfy, candid, and confident together. Come seeking sanctuary and leave feeling renewed. We are saving a seat for you. Give yourself some living room today. Do you struggle with knowing the right food for your lifestyle? Is there really a one right way to eat? As a chronic dieter, I was always so confused by the food rules and the fad diets. Where to even start? That's why I decided to go into health coaching. As your health coach, I will help you find the solution that is right for you. I will help you find balance. 
Unlike most dietitians and nutritionists, I focus on a whole person approach, not just food. I address stress, sleep patterns, underlying root issues, and so many other contributing factors to health. And as a mental illness survivor, I love talking about ways to fire up brain health. If you're interested in learning more and maybe even a complimentary consultation, contact me at www.sparkingwholeness.com or message me on Instagram through the handle Sparking Wholeness. And now let's get back to the show. I'm here with Dr. Alina Oltianu of Whole Child Texas. I'm very excited to be interviewing her because she has made such a difference in um, in Rhett's health and well-being and his struggle with respiratory everything. So <laughs> I'm very grateful to be talking to you, Dr. Oltianu, today. So I would love to know a little bit about you, what brought you to integrative functional medicine. I know you are, um, one of the reasons we came to you is that you're the only pediatrician and DFW trained with Dr. Weil yes. um, at the, I always get the name wrong, Arizona Center for Integrative Medicine. Yes. So I, I would love to know a little bit about um, your journey to integrative medicine and what brought you there. Okay. Well, hello and thank <laughs> you for giving me this opportunity to talk about my passion, um, which is pediatrics, but especially integrative pediatrics because it brings together everything that is, all the tools that are useful to keep kids healthy and treat them. So my journey um, started actually in Romania. I'm originally from Romania. I was born and raised there. I went to medical school there. And um, I came to the United States to do a PhD in biochemistry. Oh, wow. Because I love science. So uh, I thought that was the opportunity of a lifetime. So I studied um, biochemistry, biophysics, molecular biology, and um, I'm really fascinated with research. So Mm -hmm. I started learning um, really the deep science Mm -hmm. that um, is behind Uh, progress in medicine, Mm -hmm. Um, but my passion was always working with children. Mm -hmm. So I um, did my pediatric residency at um, Baylor College of Medicine, Houston, Mm -hmm. and um, it's a wonderful training center where I've learned to treat the sickest children. I saw the really rare diseases, Mm -hmm. so I became really, really Um, good, I think, at treating very sick kids. Um, But my heart was always in general pediatrics. I wanted to treat a variety of diseases. Mm -hmm. So when I got into the real world of um, general pediatrics, I've noticed that a lot of my kids are not sick enough to Mm -hmm. go into the hospital, but they're not well either. Right. Um, And unfortunately, that is becoming um, the so-called normal. Um, So I started to see kids who are on daily doses of Zyrtec for years for Mm -hmm. um, seasonal allergies. Kids who had chronic runny noses, um, cough, um, and then unfortunately, a lot of behavior issues. a lot of um, more severe ones, neurodevelopmental mm-hmm. issues like autism mm-hmm. and ADHD, 
to just day-to-day -day anxiety, um, depression, or just mood issues in, in general. And any the only thing I had in my toolbox was prescription medication. Right, um, yeah. So the kids were getting a little bit better, but they kept coming back and they never really got well. So I know that from personal <laughs> level, yes. <laughs> yes, so childhood should really be a, a time of our lives where we're perfectly healthy, mm -hmm. kids are energetic. Um, I always tell parents that healthy kids are happy kids. Yes. Um, and they should be symptom-free and medication-free. So that started my journey of looking into other treatment options. Mm -hmm. um, in the meantime, um, I also spent a year after my residency in Africa. Oh, I, wow. I was with a program called the Pediatric AIDS Corps. Okay. So I worked in um, a country called Lesotho. It's this um, tiny, beautiful country in the mountains that it's landlocked within South Africa. Oh, wow. So that was a wonderful experience. and. What I saw, um, a lot of kids with um, HIV, mm. um, which now is considered a chronic disease that is treatable. So mm -hmm. we had medication to treat kids with HIV, but I saw them dying of hunger. Um, so that really sparked my interest in nutrition. Yeah. Um, and um, I started reading and learning more about it. And when I came back, I worked in um, New Orleans for a couple of years, um, and it was New Orleans after Katrina. So I started seeing a lot of children who were exposed to toxic stress mm. and who didn't have access to healthy food. Um, mm -hmm. There were patches um, of the city that were called food deserts. Yes. Um, yes. So that again, it, it made me realize of the importance of nutrition and how little training I actually have and mm -hmm. um, how little I know about mm -hmm. nutrition. Mm -hmm. um, I knew a lot of how, how, as I said, to treat really sick kids mm -hmm. and how to prescribe medication, but I didn't know about uh, nutrition. Yeah. Um, so I started looking more into other treatment options and mm -hmm. I came across the um, Arizona Center for Integrative yeah, Medicine okay. and um, after everything I've learned there, I, um, have, uh, I had a newfound respect for uh, nutrition, especially in children and what a huge difference it makes. And uh, I learned about other treatment that were considered mm -hmm. alternative or complementary mm -hmm. or holistic. These are words right. that we used before, but if they have a lot of science behind them, if they've been studied the way we studied a prescription medication, we can safely incorporate it into mm -hmm. traditional medicine. So this is um, one of the basis of integrative medicine. It's bringing into traditional Western medicine other treatment options that have been used maybe for hundreds of years, but right. uh, not studied. Um, but now we're having more scientific information mm -hmm. and we know that they're safe and they're effective. Mm -hmm. um, so integrative medicine is just using different tools um, to um, to heal children. Um, 
So you, that's what brought me to that's what brought me to integrative medicine, and I just couldn't mm -hmm. go back to practice just um, just regular Western right. regular Western yeah. medicine. Um, I still prescribe antibiotics mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. steroids and inhalers um, yep. when, I know that. <laughs> when needed, but I work a lot with. Um, changing um, the lifestyle, especially nutrition. Um, I work with some uh, nutritional supplements, mm -hmm. with mm -hmm. herbs. Yeah. Um, if needed, I refer patients to chiropractic care, to acupuncture. Mm -hmm. And last but not least, I'm a big believer, and we can talk more about mm -hmm. it later, about stress management for the entire mm -hmm. family. Yes because I think that's a very, very important um, piece mm -hmm. of the puzzle when we treat the whole child. Yes, thank you. I'm so glad you mentioned that. Because um, I know for me, um, I have always been, because I'm a product of traditional medicine and I'm a product of all the antibiotics as a kid, all the steroids, all mm -hmm. the um, eventually turned into the psychiatric drugs. Mm -hmm. Like I've been down that road and I had to start researching for myself other tools, like you mm -hmm. said. Um, and that's what led me to look for other tools for my own children. And one of those tools was nutrition. Mm -hmm. But um, I don't think nutrition completes the puzzle either. I think there has to be the stress management, the relaxation, meditation, yes. all the mm -hmm. things that I know you believe in and all. Um, I'll ask more about that in a minute, but I guess you already answered my next question, which is, how is your practice different? Mm -hmm. I think we already covered that, um, because I know you do prescribe, um, especially with, with respiratory um, mm -hmm. issues, that's such a tricky one, and I've always been grateful for the fact that you have been willing to prescribe and really willing to um, hold back also and be cautious with mm -hmm. when to prescribe, and I appreciate that. Um, when my, and this is a side note, um, for listeners, when my baby came in at 12 months old, he was, he had already received eight rounds of antibiotics in his first eight months of life. And, um, I think that that was very much, um, messing with his immune health and mm -hmm. his gut health and coming up with a plan to help treat his gut health, um, mm -hmm. was very, very helpful for us. Um, and I thank you for that. Mm -hmm. Um, so what do you believe, um, is one of the top health issues facing children in our country today? I know that's a really hard, that's a hard question uh, probably because there are many, but. <laughs> yes, um, so one thing that I tell parents is that 100 years ago, um, children were dying of infectious diseases. Mm -hmm. um, so the mortality rates for infants and mm -hmm. even children under five, um, in our country was mostly infectious diseases. Unfortunately, in um, other countries around the world, still that's probably one of the top leading um, cause in um, infant and young children mortality. What I see now, again, um, unfortunately, is an epidemic of um, behavior, mood, and mm -hmm. um, emotional disorders. and. Um, uh, parents come to their pediatricians first, um, and not too many pediatricians um, are. We were not trained to face this epidemic. We mm -hmm. have some some uh, training and residency, but we don't have a lot of uh, psychiatric training. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. I've noticed this really early in my career, about um, ten fifteen years ago, mm -hmm. and. Um, 
I, uh, I realized that I can't send half of my patients to a psychiatrist. So right. uh, I, um, I went and got a little bit more training in, in managing um, psychiatric and mental and mood issues. Mm. But then what I've noticed working with um, integrative medicine principles is that a lot of these problems um, can be, if not completely treated, at least alleviated by um, lifestyle changes, uh, nutrition, stress management. Yes. Um, but I would say at least half of my um, uh, patients' visits are um, related to uh, neurodevelopmental disorder, autism, ADHD. Wow. Um, anxiety, depression, um, mood dysregulation disorders. And um, I see this starting early on, mm. even in um, kindergarten, um, wow. in kindergarten um, age children. But definitely it comes in waves. Um, um, I see uh, towards the end of the school year, I see a lot of children with anxiety or yeah. before school starts uh, or around the star test. I think that's the anxiety season. Mm -hmm. um, As a former teacher, I can say that is very true. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. And um, my goal is to, again, minimize prescription medication as mm -hmm. much as possible mm -hmm. or use them judiciously. Right. Um, and I explained um, to parents that it's um, it's not um, a permanent fix that mm -hmm. um, it's a it's a help for a short period of time exactly and, until uh, we implement um, other other methods to to help children uh, learn how to manage their emotions mm -hmm. um, improve their nutritional status their um, their gut health as you mm -hmm. mentioned. There's um, amazing, new, fascinating research recently more and more about the gut-brain immune health mm -hmm. connection. Um, so um, I always talk about um, gut health, how to prevent any gut health issues, mm -hmm. how to treat. Um, and a lot of my kids with um, anxiety or even focus difficulties, um, sensory issues, anyone who comes to me with any kind of mood, emotional behavior issues, I always ask them, are you pooping every day? And, yes. And um, a lot of kids are constipated nowadays. Mm -hmm. So they I tell are. them that they're all giggling and <laughs> wondering why I ask them about their poop. Mm -hmm. But I tell them, in, in my experience, everybody's constipated until proven otherwise. Right. <laughs> um, um, yeah. Thank you. That's, um, gosh, I have so many questions that I could ask you from that, but <laughs> I know we're limited time, but I think it is sad we are seeing an epidemic and that's what I'm so passionate about. It's not just a ra raising awareness for it, but mm -hmm. looking at the root mm -hmm. causes and what is behind that. And we can't just say, oh, it's an epidemic. Let's treat it. Mm -hmm. We need to get to what's, what's behind it, which is what you yes. do very yeah. well. Um, I'm skipping over a question about cold and flu season yes. because I want to ask about, because I think this goes along with yes. it, um, our kids are stressed. Mm -hmm. So how do the stress levels of us as parents mm -hmm. impact the health of our children's stress levels? Um, mm -hmm. And what can we do mm -hmm. to help minimize their stress or teach them to manage their stress? Yes. Anything on those lines. 
Yes, so I have a good news and a bad news <laughs> regarding this question. So the bad news is that um, most children's stress starts with parental stress. Mm -hmm. um, but that's also the good news. Um, parents have the power to change their children's neurochemistry and even rewire their um, brains to have a different reaction to stress wow, by like managing that. their um, own stress levels. Mm -hmm. And I'm very passionate. I wish I would reach more um, moms even before they get pregnant or when they're pregnant mm -hmm. because a lot um, of the children's health issues are starting um, in mom's belly. Yes. So um, moms have a huge role to play Mm -hmm. And um, it, I think every every mom has those huge responsibilities, and unfortunately, I see a lot of maternal um, guilt related to this. But I want mm -hmm. to take that guilt away. Yes, uh, <laughs> that doesn't help either, does it? <laughs> yes, yes. Um, I just want to empower moms with this mm -hmm. knowledge that if they take care of themselves, they're actually taking care of the future generations and uh, the generation afterwards. Um, yes. And it all starts even uh, prenatally, as I mentioned. So when mom has a very stressful pregnancy, her cortisol levels increases mm -hmm. the infant cortisol level, mm -hmm. um, which rewires the brain in a way mm -hmm. that uh, makes children more sensitive, more reactive to stress. Yeah. So um, in a way, babies can be born stressed. And mm -hmm. um, I, I see some of these babies um, really early on, they're more colicky, mm. they have more sleep issues, mm -hmm. and um, when mom is able to manage her own stress level and takes care of her own um, emotional mm -hmm. health, the babies are actually doing much better. Um, there's some really interesting studies about mom's heart rate variability. Oh, wow. Yes, and it was shown that when uh, babies are crying a lot or are very colicky, uh, moms are probably more stressed. But when mom is able to breathe and relax, the baby's crying and colic actually calms down. Oh, that's so interesting. And so many of us are stressed out when we have a newborn just yes. because it is stressful <laughs> yes, yes. period and, and that makes sense and uh, nowadays we live in a society where moms don't have a lot of um, support no. they they don't have grandmas and aunts mm -hmm. and um, or maternity and, leave or maternity leave yes mm -hmm. yeah um, and um, as babies and children are growing some children and I've seen this generation becoming being more sensitive um, they're becoming more reactive to stress. So mm. the best way, the best thing parents can do for their children is actually to manage their own stress. Um, it's like um, they tell you on the airplane to put your oxygen mask yes. first. Uh -huh. um, I think that's the metaphorical oxygen mask in real life. Um, so I always um, advise mom and I truly want to empower them and give them permission, so to speak, to put themselves first, yes. to um, self-care is not a luxury, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it's uh, really a necessity. Yes. And uh, not so much for just for themselves, but for the children as well.
That is so true. And I wish I could go back in time <laughs> and tell myself these things before, but um, it's really only been in the last um, few years. I, I'm a high strung person by nature and it's only been in the last few years I've learned to be still through yoga. Yoga's mm-hmm. helped me so much yes. and to just quiet my mind yes. and it's okay to breathe and be in the moment. And mm-hmm. I'm always thinking forward, you know, I'm yes. always thinking about the next thing and I'm mm-hmm. doing this and I'm doing this. Mm-hmm. And I think most of us, we live that way yes. and it's causing Mm-hmm. catastrophic long-term effects via inflammation yes. and you know mm-hmm. we're always in fight or flight um mm-hmm. yeah, yeah so uh there's a way to to help moms with that and and dads mm-hmm. so parent caregivers in general so mm-hmm. that's why um i'm a big believer in um, stress management methods anything as you mentioned yoga mm-hmm. meditation um, anything that that works for parents and that's the reason I started, actually starts today, uh, stress management and yes. meditation class for, cool. for busy parents. I want to give um, parents very practical tools, um, mainly through meditation, on how to de-stress on a daily, uh, on a mm-hmm. daily basis. And through meditation, parents can rewire their own response to stress. Mm-hmm. And um, they, through the process of um, neuroplasticity, mm-hmm. they can change their children's um, brain and response to stress. It's very exciting. Yes, yeah, that's, that's one of my biggest passion. I think, um, as you said, we can only go so far with nutrition mm-hmm. and even with uh, supplements, medica- yeah, medita- yeah. medication, um, but there's a, a big part of um, healing any kind of mm-hmm. chronic condition or alleviating is uh, stress mm-hmm. management. Yeah, one of the things that I've picked up in the last year that's my favorite thing to say now is that a body in stress will not digest. Yes. So we can be eating 100% on point, everything, grow our plants, whatever, but yes. if we're stressed out, mm-hmm. it's going to be real hard for our bodies to digest even the best foods, you know? Yes. So I think uh, that that's so important. Yes, yeah, exactly. Um, I think I'll just, I've got one last question. Um, because I think we, we touched on so mm-hmm. many things. Mm-hmm. Um, just some practical, because we've got, you know, cold and flu season yes. coming up. Um, what are just some tips for getting through that? Um, what are some things that you tell parents to boost their immune health, mm-hmm. that kind of thing? Yes. So I know that the main thing most parents may want to hear are um, supplements, vitamins, right. uh, um, but I'm going to start, I'm, I'm going to mention that last okay, because cool. um, I think I want us to keep in mind the big picture mm-hmm. of um, how to support a child's immune system. Mm-hmm. So we really just have to go back to the basics. Mm-hmm. So one of my um, um, first advice would be sleep. So kids need to sleep, especially teenagers. I have so many teenagers, they're coming in with um, chronic fatigue, and then during the winter they catch every single bug possible. Uh And then when I ask them how much they sleep, they sleep four to six hours a day. Really? Yeah, so sleep deprivation can uh, really tax the immune system. Yeah. Uh, The other one is exercise, especially outdoors. a lot mm-hmm. of kids may spend some time outside swimming, especially in Texas during the summer. 
um, but during the fall and winter months when it's really more important most people are indoors so I encourage um, children to play outside at least an hour a day so that will help them decrease their screen time as well yes. which will help them sleep better so it all goes hand in hand Mm-hmm. And, we all uh, battle the screen time. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, and we do live in a, in a place and time where I feel that many kids are overscheduled mm. with after-school yep. activities. So kids need free time. Um, they need time to just play. Mm-hmm. Um, so if possible, to allow kids to have an hour after school just to play. Again, my preference mm-hmm. is to play outside. Mm-hmm. Um, so they can relax and uh, reset. Um, so, and then the next one will be nutrition. So I um, talk a lot about nutrition based on um, anti-inflammatory diet principles. So first, eliminate all the bad stuff, which is processed food, artificial dyes and preservatives, a lot of added sugar. Um, and then add the good stuff, which are lots of uh, brightly colored vegetables mm-hmm. um, and fruits, green leafy vegetables. Mm-hmm. Um, I encourage at least five servings of uh, vegetables per day, which is a lot for most kids. Mm-hmm. It um, is. <laughs> but there's a way to incorporate that to trick kids a little yes. bit. Yes, <laughs> yeah, that's one of my favorite things to do. <laughs> I just shred zucchini into everything. Mm-hmm. Yes. They yeah, don't know. Okay. Carrots and mm-hmm. they don't know it's there. Yes. Anyway, sorry. Yes. <laughs> um, and then I focus on nutrition that it's good for gut health. Mm-hmm. So I think kids can develop a palate for fermented foods. Mm-hmm. Um, all cultures around the world have some kind of fermented yes. foods as part of their staple diet. So mm-hmm. um, pickled vegetables, sauerkraut, um, those are a few things that um, kids may accept on a daily basis Um, and then water Um, so kids need to stay very very well hydrated especially during the more dry uh, winter months right Um, and then a humidifier in their bedroom yes um, that runs I usually encourage them to run 24 7 especially after we Mm -hmm. um, we start um, heating up their rooms Mm Nasal saline before they go to bed so that um, it keeps their mucosa moist, it's Mm -hmm. not cracked, so they're not Mm -hmm. more likely to get viruses. Again, back to the basics, teach children good hand hygiene Mm -hmm. and not to put their um, fingers um, anywhere above their neck, so (laughs) their mouth, nose, (laughs) (laughs) eyes. Um, And then uh, in terms of supplements, um, I encourage um, um, parents to know their kids' vitamin D level, so maybe check it once a year. Um, and if it's normal, just uh, during the winter months, just supplement with um, vitamin D. If it's low, a little bit higher. Um, okay. And I recently found out for me, I have, um, oh, it's one of the mutations, you know, that it's the, really difficult the receptor for, mutation, mm-hmm, yes. for vitamin mm-hmm. D. And I'm... I have two copies, so I'm homozygous, yes. right? That's what mm-hmm. I always get them confused. Yes. Um, so for my kids, I can assume that they might have gotten... Yes, most likely. Most likely, mm-hmm. so to be extra careful with yes. that, right? To yes. give them more vitamin D mm-hmm. during this time, is yes. that correct? Yeah. 
um, vitamin D, vitamin C. Mm -hmm. um, if not, if they don't get it through food, then through a daily supplement. Mm -hmm. Uh, and elderberry is one. I is, love elderberry. It's one of my um, favorite immune booster. It also has antiviral properties. Yes, it does. Okay. Um, so as you can see, I try to keep um, even the supplement regimen to a minimum because I don't mm -hmm. want to replace uh, prescription medication right. with uh, with mm -hmm. supplements. Yes. Um, Again, kids ideally should get all their nutrients from food, but mm -hmm. um, very few do actually. So that's, right. that's why we, we try to boost um, their nutrition a little bit, especially during the winter months. Yeah, yeah, that's so helpful. Thank you. And then stress management. Oh, yes, yes, and of course. Stress management, yes. Do you teach kids like a breathing, like four, seven, eight breathing? Yes, Is that kind yes. of? Okay. Mm -hmm. And so that's one of my um, favorite relaxation breath. Mm -hmm. um, and I have a little video on my website that is actually specific for oh, kids. It teaches kids. It's a little cartoon that teaches kids. And it's basically a really simple exercise, breathing exercise, where their out breath is much longer than their in breath. Mm -hmm. So that way they um, stimulate their vagal nerve. Yes. Um, oh, I love talking about the vagus nerve. nerve. Yes. <laughs> yeah. um, which um, switches their nervous system from the fight or flight response to a more relaxed response. Yes. You are speaking my language right now. Very helpful. Thank you. Now, I even found out recently, I don't know why I didn't realize this with all the issues with my kids having tongue and lip tie, but you can stimulate your vagus nerve through the roof of your mouth as yes, well. Yes, yes. And if your tongue, if that's not its relaxed point, then yes. you can really struggle with being mm -hmm. in more of a stressed state. Yes. Is that right? Yes, I mean, yes. Yeah, absolutely. Crazy. I think our bodies are so miraculous and mm -hmm. so smart that... I really want to make parents and then children aware that we do have an inner pharmacy that we can awaken through certain exercises, mind-body exercises, um, and then just to really a basic healthy lifestyle. That's perfect. I'm so glad that you said that. I, um, I think that's a great note to end on. Is there anything else that, that you want to add? Um, um, just thank you, sure. thank you yeah, so much, thank you. and um, thank you for what you do, but yeah. spreading this message. <laughs> Trying to, and um, you are at wholechildtexas.com, mm -hmm. so if anybody wants to watch the video, the stress video with mm -hmm. their kids, or get more information, I know you have a lot of good resources mm -hmm. on there as well, mm -hmm. um, or the meditation class, or any yes, of those yes. things. Um, so thank you again, Dr. Oltiano. Oh, it was really, you. really great to talk to you, and um, have a wonderful rest of your fall. Thank <laughs> that hasn't <you>. started. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks for tuning in to Sparking Wholeness. For more on all things related to nutrition for mind, body, and soul, check out my website, sparkingwholeness.com. Don't forget to be kind and subscribe to this show wherever you listen to podcasts. And to be really kind, you can leave a nice review. I like those.